Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. There's so many times I've asked you, I'm like, which do you like more? And you're like, I like both. I'm like, I didn't ask you if you liked both. I'm getting, I need be- you to I'm pick getting one. better. Like my friend yeah. is the same way. She always sends me two photos and she's like, which one should I post on Instagram? I'm like, they're both beautiful. This last time I said this one. And I was so I would, proud I would of scream. myself. I would scream if you did that. Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to another episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. My name is Hannah, and I am an Enneagram 9 wing 1. And I'm Emily. I'm an Enneagram 8 wing 7. And welcome to our podcast. So this is like our third installment in the Enneagram series, and we're going to talk about that later because we kind of got like really personal and deep with this episode. Yeah. Which I think was great. I think it was great. I think we really got into like some really key opponents. We were vulnerable. Mm. <laughs> the thing that the Enneagram 8 Wing 7 does not like to do. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it helps that like there's not like a visible audience. Like, like we said in the episode, I forget that people are listening to this in yeah. a way. Yeah. So I think it's a really good episode. But before we get into that, I wanted to update everybody on the weirdest fucking night of my life that I had the other night yeah so so we were going out last night the other night for my friend's birthday right and it was like supposed to be like a chill girls night like we're just going to a bar and getting like one drink we're not trying to get lit we're not kind of trying to get drunk or anything walk into the bar I've dated the bartender of course I was like, I go to this bar all the time. I go here. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a frequent person like, here. I've never seen you here. What are you doing here? Why are you at my now? Why are you now at my bar? Like, why? Why are you here, sir? Why are you here, sir? Like, why? Why now? Why here? Why tonight? And apparently, like, he's been like working there for like the past two weeks. And of course, I was like, solid, cool. That's great. It's just when I started going out again was for the past two weeks. <laughs> And I mean, like, he was friendly and everything. He's not a guy that we've ever talked about, I don't think, on mm, the show. I think we have. We have? When we talked about, like, girl code. Oh, so, like, the old days. Like, the old like, days. Like, episode number two? Mm-hmm. Like, episode number two. Yeah. So, it was, like, a long time ago. I don't think he's a very relevant character. He's not. Honestly. He has no relevant. He has no relevancy on my life whatsoever. It was a long time so ago. <laughs> they were all like, "How long ago was that?" And I was like, "I was 16. They were like, "Oh, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. oh." I was like, "Yeah, it's a fresh one. It's a fresh one." Um, so that was fun. And he, I mean, he was basically my personal waiter the whole night. Like he kept coming to our table and asking like if we had enough drinks and we want to get more and everything. Like he was a sweetheart about it. It's just really awkward because he was hot in high school, if you remember his face, what he looked like and everything. Uh he is not now. 
at all. It's a sad tale. It's a very sad tale when people used to be hot and then they've gotten older and like you would think they would progressively get hotter and it's just a rapid decline. Like homeboy is balding. So maybe he'd be your type now. I was going to say, <laughs> I, do, I do like those men that go bald. So um, check our latest, like a, check our latest reel for that one. <laughs> you like a cue ball. It's okay. You like a cue ball. You... <laughs> Like, I mean, do I, or am I just attracted to the person underneath the baldness, you know? No, because you liked also the violin player who was bald. He was extremely, okay, so, but like, was it because he was bald or was it because he was killing it on the fiddle? Okay, do you like Chris Daltrey or Howie Mandel? Are they hot to you? No, Howie Mandel is definitely not hot to me. He looks like an old dad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I think it's I think it's deeper than the baldness, but the baldness okay. is just something that we can harp on and it's hilarious. Um yeah. and I have a track record. Yes, it's so, a very common thread, it's, honestly. It's honestly just funny at this point. At this point, it's just concerning also a little bit too. Um I mean, I feel like most guys if they shave their heads, like they would still look hot. Oh, 100 percent because it's when they keep that little circle that half ring around their head it's just like dude mm-hmm. that's why that's why my boyfriend up. shaves his head down a lot because he he is like his hair is here his hairline is receding um and has been since like the end of high school I think is when it started mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he does have that like I guess you call it like that old guy ring or whatever so he does like mm-hmm. keep it shaven or he wears a hat so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I I think what was it? And that's the thing. Like, dude's like 27. All these men that we know that you are bald yeah. are like 27 well, years old. I think it's funny when I am with a guy that doesn't have a lot of hair because I have so much hair. So it's like. <laughs> it's like you're it's stealing like, it from what's them. What's the logic there? Did I just like. Am I just like trying to make you, up for them? Am I trying to like. You're dating bald men. And the thing is you're dating men who are have hairlines that are receding. And they keep receding because you're stealing the hair their from hair. them. Yeah, you're taking their power. You're like Mother Gothel. Right. And, and like it's so funny because my boyfriend has like a long beard but he can't grow hair it's just just interesting what what happened here yeah i don't know i don't know it's funny i love him though so all jokes it's okay (laughs) it's okay it's okay so you saw him that's interesting so that was i was like did you like catch up with him did you like ask him a little bit a little bit he knew that i was moving to los angeles i was like how do you know this sir you don't have social media but okay i guess i'm still the talk of the town or whatever well you do tell everyone you meet so (laughs) If word gets around, <laughs> it's it's manifesting in its purest. It intense. is. It definitely is. Um, but th- that was like a little bit like pushback a little bit. Like when I walked in, I saw him. I was like, oh, okay, this is like a turn. Right. For, well, it kind of like evening. changes the vibe. Like you were gonna go in there and like be chill and have a good time, and now you're kind of like I have to be aware of well, myself. Well, the vibe kept the vibe kept changing. The vibe did um, change. Because I'm standing at the bar, I'm ordering my drink from him and everything. I look across the bar, boom, the doctor's roommates. And you're like, where, where is he? I'm like, where's the doctor? Is he here? He, he has to be in the, the close vicinity. What if he like, was like I'm hiding? Literally... What if he was there and he was, and he like, <laughs> and like they texted him? Oh, he has, he's face blind. He's face no, blind. No, but like, what if they were like, oh my gosh, so and so, like Emily's here. And he was like, oh, I'm staying in the back, y'all. I'm staying in the back. I don't think that he's that big of a coward. I, I don't think, think so either. I want to come out. Oh, I think he would come uh, out. He sent you an email. Yeah. Yeah. He would come out and come yeah. up to you. I mean, how, how, would he conf- how would he confront me? Someone would have to point him in the right direction. He's <laughs> face blind. <laughs> but if you were talking, he could totally hear. I would just change my voice. 
I would I would go I would go I would into your like customer service. Oh, just not speak. I would go mute. Would, I go mute. We would start, start doing, doing sign, sign language. language. <laughs> I'll teach you some. <laughs> I'm like I'm wearing a different perfume. You're not gonna recognize my fragrance, buddy. That's true. That's true. So I just start talking Spanish to Kyla. It's fine. Yeah, you and Kyla just have your own little conversation going on. Yeah. I go mute. I start speaking Spanish. I just go to my customer service voice. I just start talking like this really high-pitched voice. It's like really annoying. Oh, um, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I hate it too. She's a different person. I don't know who she is. I don't know, but. She's too perky to for this world, honestly. She's, She's too happy to be perky. here. <laughs> yeah, this is not authentically me. Could you imagine if I did like a whole podcast in this voice? No, I would literally be like, can you stop? <laughs> <laughs> Which is, like, so funny because I feel like a lot of times, like, if you don't use your customer voice, customer service voice to people, they think you're being rude oh, when yeah. you're if not. Oh, yeah, if I talk to them like this, mm-hmm. they, if I talk to them like this, they would think that I, like, just did not care um, because my, like, natural register is this low and it's very monotone. Mm-hmm. I have, a, I have like, a friend from college who has, like, who was, like, our, like, alto girl, like, super low. She had a really mm-hmm. low speaking voice and, like, the same thing with her, like, the way that she talks, like, you just know that that's her voice, but people that don't know her are probably like, wow, this girl is, like, either really mad at the world or, like, doesn't want to be nice to me, so. Yeah, like, no one, people think I just don't care. Like, if I talk, like, in my natural voice, people just don't think I care. Obviously, when I'm on the show, though, I am, I raise it up a little bit. You do, yeah. I add, um... You add inflections. in the words. <laughs> yeah. So, you guys, it's, it's acting, it's a performance, it's storytelling. Regardless. I'm sitting there. And, like, this girl, like, I had not seen, like, yeah, he lived with a girl. Um, but I had not seen her in, like, since we broke up, like, way before we broke up. So I, and I was like, are you sure that's her? I'm like, yeah, she has a half-shaven head. It's kind of hard to miss, mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, I know, I know she saw me. So there was no doubt about that. So she gets on her phone immediately, and I'm like, she's probably texting him. So whatever and I'm just like waiting for like I keep looking at the front door like waiting to see if he walks in or anything and everybody's like what are you gonna do if like he walks in I'm like nothing he does not remember my face so it's perfectly fine like I do not care if he walks in I have the cloak of invisibility at this point Mm -hmm. and I'm having to explain to all my friends like what this means because they're like like, how somebody face face blindness I can't remember I was like it's what is it called it's either a myth propopagnosia yeah propopagnosia or something like that Something like that. Um, it's a real thing. It really is. Everybody I learned th- about it in grad school. It's a real Whether thing. Whether or not he has it or not. That's what I was going to say. Know. I feel like if he did see you and he recognized you, then you would catch him in a lie that he really didn't Ooh. have it. You know? Ooh, that's a good mm-hmm. point. Especially if you didn't that like say anything. Point. He'd be like, oh, hey. Oh, hey, mm-hmm. Emily. You'd be like, oh, so you don't have face blindness? <laughs> Anyways, I'm sure he does, but I just don't like him. So. Yeah, I'm sure he does because he did look at a, like, a photo of me once and he did, and there was a group photo and he didn't, he couldn't identify which one was me mm. in the photo, even though I was standing right next to him mm. and he's looking at the photo. That's so, so. odd. It's yeah. a really odd thing, but, well, I'm sorry that you had that night. Um, oh, it's not over. Oh, it's not. No, it's not over. <laughs> then I we ran into like they weren't people that I hated, but like the two girls I was with, we ran into um, our professors. So that was fun seeing them at a bar um, at eleven o'clock at night on a Friday mm-hmm. was always a fun time. And then I almost hit on my friend's professor. Um, didn't yes. realize that was him until I was like, oh my god! I like went over talked to this dude. 
and like we were like having a great time and I was just like what I like, turned to her I was like what do you think of this guy she's like that's my professor and you're like oh okay <laughs> and I was just like I, we need to go home we really need to go home and before like any of my other exes walk in because at one point I thought I recognized the musician. I thought I saw him at one point, and I was like, "We need to leave it's this time bar to immediately. Leave this it's place. time to go home. It's closing time. We need to get the fuck out of here because Emily cannot stay this PTSD." Yeah. So the literally the first night I had gone out to a bar and like forever like I mean we went out for my birthday but the yeah, first but time like, I had gone out yeah, like yeah fully crowded bar and everything like normal with my friends and it's just I ran into so many people and I'm like nope 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 going back home going going safely back to my bed no thank mm-hmm. you no thank you I'm not here for this yeah. and then you so. found out some interesting information about one of your exes and they're they're they relocated. Uh, oh my god yeah the rebound Mm -hmm. okay so this guy i rebounded from the doctor with moved to fucking los angeles (laughs) i hate this man so much he is such a dick he is such an asshole like he he grinds my gears he is the definition of a hipster and like the dude i'm talking to now is a cyclist this rebound dude was a cyclist and it just grinds my fucking gears because i'm just like oh i can't get that out of my head why have we all dated a cyclist they really need to be abolished like (laughs) i don't care if this dude that i'm talking to listens to this podcast because i know he does they need abolish it abolish it honestly we're over it um because at least you're a reputation at least you're cyclist didn't have a tattoo of a bike on his chest. So I told him, I asked him, I was like, two important questions since you're a cyclist. First one, do you have a bike tattoo or want a bike tattoo? And he was like, what the fuck? No, why would I get that? So when I literally saw that, I died inside. I was like, this can no, I was like, this can no longer continue. Like that was it for me. I was like, you are too dedicated to this, that you are tatted on your chest. I was like, anytime we would go to the beach, I would see the bike. I was like, this is not happening. It's like the Ben Affleck dragon tattoo no, on his back. Yes. No. Okay. Well, I'm glad that your cyclist doesn't have a bike tattoo. So therefore he's the still a keeper. Qu- okay. The second question I asked, I was like, do you shave your entire body? Because the rebound dude shaved his entire body. So did my, yeah. He was like, no, I'm not that dedicated. I'm not fucking shaving my legs. I was like, okay, Okay, good. He was like, I was like, because trust me, I've dated guys who did it. And it feels like I'm like sitting next to a dolphin. (laughs) Like I suddenly notice every single hair on my body. I am making out with a dolphin right now. Like this is, this is a little too like weird. I I cannot be here for that. And he, he was like, no, like, I'm just not that dedicated. That just takes too much time. But some of my friends do. And I was like, cool, noted, will not caress any of your friend's legs. Because I will just notice every single, like, prickly hair yeah. on my body when that happens. So, mm. no bike tattoos. No bike tattoos. No he's like, hairless, I'm Latin. No hairless yeah, dude men. Like, <laughs> yeah, this dude was like, he's like, I'm Latin. Like, there's so much hair on me. Like, it would I'm probably Latin. take I, him so much time to just rid of yeah. it and then to maintain that. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, Yeah. That was I was like fair enough. That is that's honestly the best news I could have heard. Is so it's great. We're off to a, a fantastic start. Mm-hmm. Cool. I love it. 
That's so funny. Well, hopefully you won't see the rebound in LA, but knowing your luck, you probably There's will. There's four million people in the city of Los Angeles. In Los Angeles County, there are four million people. I will run into him. He lives at Venice Beach. Oh, well, you're going to want to go to Venice Beach, so. Yeah, I have friends that live there, so that's just great for me. I love that for me so much. You should just, you know, keep keep doing you, keep being your hot self, and he'll, I'm and just, he'll be like, oh. I mean, oh. you've seen him. You've seen him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should have honestly, like when we saw him downtown that one time, I should have been like, oh, hey. Oh, hey. Bye. How are you? Yeah. And just see what he would have done instead of ignoring him. Mm-hmm. Just looked at him and be like, oh, hey, how are you? How are you? Yeah. Wild night. You found out you had a you had an experience. And I'm not going out again for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait till you go to L.A. <laughs> Take some time off. <laughs> I need to retire. <laughs> retire from Winston-Salem bars. <laughs> Truly. All right. So what is your captivation for this week then? Well, it's like 5,000 degrees in North Carolina right now. Um, so. And by the time this episode's up, like I'm literally going to be in Vegas. So it's going to be like 50,000 like, degrees. You're going to be in like 150 degree weather. I'm just not like, going to wear no, clothes. No humidity. I'm just not going to wear clothes. Like I, exactly. feel like I feel like it's appropriate for Vegas though. So I mean. Yeah. It's probably, for I, sure. I, I, I probably, I'll probably be fine. Um, but yeah, just dry skin and a. Uh, you know, sweltering heat's gonna be so much fun but you were saying great. um but midi dresses like dresses that kind of come like mid-length mm-hmm. i'm really into them right now with like sneakers or sandals is there a particular um, brand i the one i have on today is from target um other than that i don't i've gotten one from your mom's store before wooden thread um but i don't think they have that one anymore but they have similar style dresses um so, yeah, just like mid-length dresses, honestly, even maxi dresses, but they're good for work because I can't wear like a shorter dress to work because I'm basically on the floor with kids all day. So these at least give me enough material to drape them over my legs. Mm-hmm. So everything is good there. But um, I mean, literally, I was outside talking to a parent today this afternoon for like 10 minutes and I was dripping sweat everywhere on my body. And I was, I was like, this hot, is how disgusting. Hot, how hot was it? Like it's like 90. <laughs> it's like 93 degrees outside today. Oh, it is disgusting. I've been inside all day like, working. It is. I have been in and out all day, and I have literally about died every single time I've been outside. Love that for But I'm you. also, um, it's also that time of the month, so my body is also just like in overdrive of everything. Hey, so, hey, no toxins in your body, though. At least there's that. <laughs> you sweated them all out at this point. Sweating everything out. I literally walked, I had the craziest day. I literally walked in. I was like, I am hot. I am irritated, and I need a margarita. <laughs> that would just yes. make you even more hot. Like the I know, alcohol. I know. So like. I know. Just water. Just get it, just, I need water. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was going to at least give you a popsicle. I was at least say like a popsicle. Like a popsicle. You know. Yeah. So, so circling back, midi dresses. Sans vodka. <laughs> Mini dresses and vodka. Um, no. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been loving recently. I love the one I got from Target. It's almost like a t-shirt one. It's gray and it has slits up the side. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cute and I, I think it's really, they're really fun to like dress up and dress down. You can mm-hmm. add like jewelry to make it like more of a statement piece mm-hmm. and um you literally just throw it on and go and that's my favorite kind of thing in the summer um because in the summer I'm not trying to look cute I'm literally just trying to survive so yeah yeah what is your captivation though I would say so mine's kind of like 
the exact opposite. <laughs> the exact opposite, like give me fall uh, is what yes, I'm hearing. <laughs> yes. Um, it is these boots that I got for my birthday. They are from free people. They are called the James Chelsea boot. I, so like every, the whole fandom knows that I've been obsessed like with finding a white cowgirl boot. These are not white cowgirl boots. They are heeled white ankle boots. They have like a Doc Martin kind of sole, like that thick rubbery like lugged sole to them and then they are like the style of a Chelsea boot so that has that like elastic part like right there on the sides and that detailing is black but the rest of the boot is um this like cream white and it just gives me you know my vibes uh, neutral vibes but they go as well as like with different kind of pants and that's the thing is that I really wanted a shoe that was like that I didn't want them want one that was all stark white because this one I can also wear with white or black since there is that mm, part of detailing mm-hmm. so i feel like it makes it more accessible and workable within my wardrobe so yeah i love it i i'm really on the neutral train right now i want to take everything out of my closet and just like get rid of everything and start over i mean i've been literally wearing the same five outfits for the past mm-hmm. couple yeah weeks. like keep the ones that i've been wearing like hardcore recently but like there's so many things in my closet that i'm like oh i should keep this for x y and z and trust I me i know I, cl- I cleaned out your closet for you and i, I literally want to get rid of everything i was like why is this still here hannah <laughs> Did you work flip, is all work how is are ultimately those, how are those um, hangers looking because we flipped the oh, ones around the ones that are that ha- we flipped around mm-hmm. ha- are still the same way yeah. like yeah. they need to be yes yeah, so I'm, I'm planning I'm planning in the next like month like sometime in August to just sit down and go through all of my clothes again mm-hmm. and like seriously look at them and be like is this my style anymore and the answer is going to be no so therefore I'm going to get rid of it so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so I mean I think that if you were trying to clean out your closet, I highly recommend doing the method that I made her do. I, I love how I said I made you do it. I did not do it myself. Uh, <laughs> I've never done this. But you, yeah, you literally just like did it in my closet. You're like, if these don't turn around, you need to get rid of this. And yeah, I, like, I gave okay. you like, I said like six, three to six months. And it's I'm definitely sure been it's, it's been six months. Oh, it's been six. Okay. I know it's like well, at least been three. Since January, I would, oh, ass- I would assume that. Shit. Yeah. It's August now. Yeah, oh it's August. So yeah, <laughs> it's definitely been, yeah. Six months. Yeah. <laughs> no, but anyways, like, I want more neutral pieces. Like, I think having a nice, like, white shoe is cool. I think having, like, I want I want a new, like, sneaker, like a fashion sneaker. Um, Veja. I love those Veja I, sneakers. I know. I've been thinking about it. I'm like, oh, what's that brand? Veja. That, like, I need to really look into that. That or, like, a Madewell brand. Mm-hmm. Like, Madewell sneakers. Yeah. Like, I love great. my Air Force Ones, but I want something that's a little bit more... Classic. Versatile, classic, will go with more things. Like the Air Force One look is is like I love that look. But one, they're dirty and they need to be washed. And two, like I just want something that's not as like chunky. I tried taking a magic eraser to mine the other day and it ate my magic eraser. Like it just oh. it was so like I was trying to clean it and just like the edges that are on that type of shoe just eat it up basically and destroy it so that was fun. yeah that was fun time mm. cleaning that it so was like no magic erasers well magic on. erasers great you're just going to get like five of them to clean like oh both yeah pairs of shoes because they're gonna it's gonna fall apart so easily but it is yeah. the quickest way to definitely clean a white shoe for sure nice i have some i maybe we'll try but probably get I'll the just... bath get the bathroom ones i feel like they're more durable yeah okay cool 
That is your that is your wardrobe cleaning advice. That's our that's our little wardrobe segment. I am clean it out and clean it. (laughs) I am like so stressed about trying to figure out an outfit for this date I have. So while you guys are listening to this, I'm gonna be in Los Angeles, Vegas, Los Angeles. This I'm not in Los Angeles yet when this episode goes up. But when Mm -hmm. I'm in Los Angeles, I have a date. I have no idea what to fucking wear. I don't know. Like. He's like, it's so casual. I'm like, um, sir, this is Los Angeles, California. I'm a Leo with a Libra moon. Um, <laughs> like, it may be casual, but that doesn't mean I will be casual. Well, that was the thing. You said it, it's <laughs> casual. And I was like, I feel like our definitions of casual are going to be completely different. Can you please define what casual is to you? Because mm-hmm. I'm just letting you know, I'm in heels. I'm going to be wearing heels. He's 6'2". I'm going to be in heels. Yeah, he's 6'2". Absolutely. I'm going to be in heels. Be. Yeah. yeah. Just so exactly. he doesn't look like he's kidnapping me. Exactly. So I don't know. Um, I don't like. I don't know if dress is the way. I don't know if you know cute pants and like a cute top are the way. Like there's so many different ideas. I feel like I'm gonna get stressed out about this more than the date itself. You probably will. You probably will. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I, the, the most stressful thing. I mean, there's been a lot of stressful things about planning this entire trip, but the most stressful thing has been the outfits. Yes. It's fucking well, Los it's going to be hot. You don't know what to wear. You want to regardless wanna, like, of you, heat. Regardless of heat. It is Los Angeles. I feel like I have to look a certain way. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. And it's not bad pressure. It's pressure that I enjoy. I it's what I like to do, but still it's pressure. So, yeah. Like, I luckily have a new collection of shoes. Basically, I have like five fucking new shoes that I've gotten since my birthday. So, we're thriving. We're living, we're thriving we're over thriving. here. Uh, my fine. wallet is not. We're barely surviving, but we're thriving. M- my wallet is not. My wallet is dead. My wallet said, please stop. Thank you so much. Yes. My debit card said, thank you so much. Please. Yeah. Please. My Discover right. card said, thank you so much. Um, please stop. Thank please you. stop now. Yes. <laughs> Fucking credit card company uh, upped my limit today. And I was like, please don't. <laughs> please don't. Stop this. Please don't tempt me with that. Please stop giving me more money. Thank you. <laughs> Why would you give me more money? Thank you. They're like, you've been so great. Here's 7000 more dollars. And I'm like, please stop. I don't need that temptation in my life. Please stop. Thank you. Yeah. That's so funny. Okay. So before we get into today's episode, let's do a little housekeeping really quickly. Make sure you guys are following us on our Instagram at the Gals Guy Pod. And also following us on our personal Instagrams. Mine is at Emily Elise. And mine is at Hannah Nicole Adams. And make sure if you guys are listening to us on Apple, you guys give that subscribe button a click. Also, go down to the bottom, scroll down, and give us a five-star review. Leave us a little comment. We really love hearing from you gals. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. It really helps us out. And, like, let's see us on the charts. I mean, we're nowhere near Alexandra Mm-mm. Cooper. No. And her charts and her 60 million Spotify deal. Mm-mm. baby's got fucking tiffany haddish on her damn show and chelsea handler and i'm just like you go girl mm-hmm. one day though we manifest in it one day absolutely yes so today's episode we're kind of talking again about the enneagram and i feel like this is like the final conclusion to our enneagram series we've done different episodes so we, the first one we did was uh beginning of quarantine and we're gonna leave a link for all of these and the show notes for you guys to check out if you want to listen to the entire series we've done and this is the third and final probably chapter of it first one we kind of just broke down like all the different enneagram types 
And we did that with Epiphany James, who was a friend of ours, and she is an Enneagram coach. And basically, we just walked through the different types, really brief, quick synopsis, and like what it means to be in growth and stress, and like what a wing is, and all that kind of jazz. And then we did an episode a couple months ago with Ellie McKinney, who's also a close friend of ours, and she's a photographer who has done a great job at implementing Enneagram into her work and life as a photographer, as an entrepreneur. And we she taught us how to use Enneagram to grow and launch your career. So if you're looking for more of a lifestyle episode and how, you know, you can find your perfect work partner in Enneagram and how you can balance that, please go listen to that episode. It's one of our favorite ones that we've done. And today we're kind of diving more deeply into our personal Enneagrams, our relationships, and basically what they look like and how the Enneagram kind of works in our own lives. Because while we've given you guys like so much information on the Enneagram, we really haven't gotten that much into our own selves. And especially if you guys, I don't know if like any of you guys can like relate to us and our types, but I feel like we have like a really good example of like our different types. Like we've said in our intro, like I'm an eight, you're a nine. And apparently I found this out today, like in the process of doing research for this, that eights and nines work really great together. Like they are like, no, perfect. The duo that's like, the key. dynamic duo. The dynamic duo. Like, the, each number, like, and this is not to say, like, if you have, like, ones and threes work well together. It's not to say if you are a one, you can't work well with a, a six or a two or whatever. Like, a, any number can work well together, but it, you're going to bring out different things and mm-hmm. complement different people, like, different types in different ways, if that makes sense. Right. And there's also going to be flaws in each type. Like, there's no perfect pairing basically because each one is going to trigger different things because and we talked about this with Ellie's you go to like growth and you go to stress and like different moments of your life so for instance I guess we can go ahead and dive into our own personal types yeah um so I'm the Enneagram 8 and basically I am the powerful dominating type that's self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. Those are like the keywords that would define a lot of people say the challenger. Um, since I am an eight wing seven, which means that I am primarily like an eight, but I take on characteristics of a seven. I am the maverick, the nonconformist. Um, so yeah, so I am an Enneagram eight with a seven wing, meaning that I am mainly a type eight. I take on characteristics of a seven. You're a type nine and with a one wing. So you are mainly a nine, but mm-hmm. you take on some characteristics of a one. I read so many articles today where people were like, the, type nine is like the best Enneagram type. <laughs> like, like is it? I was like, is it though? I don't <laughs> know. Like, I don't know about that. I'm not sure I relate, but. But I was listening to, like, I was listening to other podcasts and people talk about the Enneagram type. And there's so many people who type as a three, and I was That's reading, what I got at first. Well, that was the thing. I kept hearing people, like, I kept hearing the characters of a three, and I was like, that sounds so much like Hannah, like, the go, 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 like, constantly, like, being, like, you know, doing something competitive. Um, <laughs> like, I think I could probably be both. I w- but I w- you are, a th- but you're a three when you're in growth. Which is why I think so when I you're missed acting healthy, Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I typed as a two at first, because when I'm in growth, meaning when I'm acting healthy, I take yes, on the positive traits of a two mm-hmm. um, and you take on the positive traits of a three. So that's yeah, that healthy that, competition. Like, exactly. It's the go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Um, but threes also care a lot about what people think about them. Mm-hmm. You also worry about that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's why I didn't release music for so long. <laughs> but then, like, with stress, I take on the negative traits of a five, which is, like, being secretive mm-hmm. and um, dismissive. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, withdrawing. Um, and Yes. Mm-hmm. And just, like, going to hide in my cave. Mm-hmm. You take on the traits of a six, which I don't really remember what they are. I, I wrote them down. But sixes are, like, the loyalist. Mm-hmm. So you take on the negative traits of that. Which is, I think, self-neglect, basically. Mm. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right, honestly. So, yeah, when nines are stressed, they tend to be drained by disappointing those they love, needed to make difficult decisions, being interrupted or ignored, and pent up unexpressed emotions. Mm-hmm. Um they also have difficulty facing personal conflict with others, tendency to minimize problems, avoid dif- difficulty or upsetting situations, and being passive-aggressive rather than addressing conflict. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who does that. <laughs> but it's interesting because Enneagram 9s also make great counselors, social workers, hum- HR managers, vets, diplomats, psychiatrists, librarians, editors, and religious workers. They should add speech therapists into that list. Well, I think that, you know, that's kind of like within all of that, like though. The counselor, socialist. Yeah. Socialist. Yeah. Social worker. <laughs> I know what you mean. Oh, me. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. No, I, yes to all of the things. Whereas me, and we're kind of going to get like really deep more down into this but i really wanted to stress because everybody's like what the fuck is like growth and stress and all this bullshit Mm -hmm. like when it comes to enneagrams so mine it's very um i don't like i don't like it (laughs) but mine why does it call you out yes oh my god epiphany read it to me like the first time ever and i was like shocked so i uh i don't like Weaknesses that aren't typically associated with Enneagram 8's personality include being perceived as intimidating, tendency to disregard others' opinions, difficulty following rules or orders, and taking charge when it isn't their place. Uh, And then um, 8's tend to be stressed and drained by being controlled or being controlled by or subordinate to others, feeling unimportant or insignificant, facing vulnerable or emotional situations, others' dishonesty or misdirected blame, and feeling out of control or helpless. My career choices are lawyer, politician, director, ad ad executive, financial advisor, business owner, marketing strategist, or sales director. Mm -hmm. I'm a social media manager trying to be a film director, so I think I'm pretty on par with what I should be doing. Yeah, you are. But what is interesting, and when you add, like, the wing in, it's going to give you, like, more in- insight and everything like that. Like, when Epiphany read the, to me, and I was at eight, wing seven, we talked a lot about how, like, just the fear of vulnerability and, like, that issue came up. And that's when I felt really called out. And that's why I always tell people, like, if you're trying to figure out what your Enneagram is, if you feel called out by it, Chances so probably, are that's probably it. What it is. Mm-hmm. And you you had Blaine take the Enneagram test as well. Mm-hmm. He typed as a three, but. No, he typed as a nine. nine. Okay, so and that's what. he was which like, makes no, sense, though. that's not it. But that makes sense because he would, whenever he's stressed, I think, I think that's how it works. Let me Google that. So, yeah, when a five is stressed, they add, like, a seven. And when they're in growth, they add, like, an eight, which makes sense since I go to five. 
mm-hmm. when I'm stressed. So it would be the opposite for them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So do you find that when he's, like, in, like, the best state that he acts like me? <laughs> when he's in the it best? When he, yeah, when so he's, he's, yeah. Yeah, I would say good. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, I mean, that makes sense why you, him and I, are, like, are in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, why you date him, why you're, we're best friends mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, I'm so sorry you're con- you're surrounded by us. It's okay. At the same time. It's okay. <laughs> I feel like it's a lot. Um, it's but fine. <laughs> I'm fine, guys, in case you're wondering. <laughs> I'm fine. It's a lot. But, I mean, okay, so basically... With Enneagram 8, I said that they're self-confident, decisive, willful, confrontational. There's a whole, like, desire-fear thing that surrounds the Enneagram. So an 8, it's basic fear uh, is of being harmed and controlled by others. But their desire is to protect themselves, so basically to be in control of their own life and destiny. When they're stressed, they take on negative traits of a 5. When in growth, they take on positive traits of a 2. 8s are self-confident, strong, and assertive, protective, resourceful, straight-talking, and decisive, but can also be egocentric and domineering. 8s feel like they must control their environment, especially people, sometimes becoming confrontational and intimidating. And aides typically have problems with their tempers with allowing themselves to be vulnerable. At their best, they are self-mastering. They use their strength to improve others' life and become heroic, magnanimous, and inspiring. Which I feel like is why probably like a lot of leaders. And I was like, going to say like probably why a lot of creatives are aides. Inspiring. Yeah. Well, just probably people like who, like like I, like Martha Luther King, I think he was like an mm-hmm. eight. A lot of people who are in like those roles because eights also root for the underdog. Mm-hmm. So a lot of activists, a lot of politicians, lawyers, public speakers are also eights. Mm-hmm. Um, it's typically characterized as more of a masculine kind of type number because more men type as an eight than women do but i think that women who are eights are really cool i find even some eights that are women intimidating myself like i find other eights super intimidating sometimes whenever i meet them and i think it's really easy to tell when someone is an eight i I thought of this today like on my car ride home which was if you are having trouble understanding the difference between the different zodiacs, like the different um, enneagrams, there's a different zodiac sign. I feel like I would associate with each type. So like type one Virgo, like super anal. Type two is a people pleaser, so Libra. Type three is competitive, so Aries. Uh, type four is creative, so Aquarius. Type five is the like brainiac, so Capricorn. Uh, type six is the loyalist so uh what did i say i think it says scorpio uh even though some people wouldn't say that but i think scorpios are super loyal type seven partier sagittarius type eight leaders leos type nines peacemaker pisces yeah so i think that that best like characterizes it if you're just like oh okay like kind of brief like overview of all Mm -hmm. of the different yeah sign like types and signs kind of thing if that helps to make it more digestible and understandable to you but your type i also we also wrote a little bit about which is i feel like complementary but also like opposite of what an eight is as yeah. well yeah so i'm an enneagram nine so that's like the easygoing type so super receptive reassuring agreeable and complacent which i feel like i am sometimes um the basic fear of a nine is loss and separation 
the basic desire would be to have the inner stability or like that peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm Which stressed, the I take yeah the peacemaker. They always want everyone to love each other, and that never happens. Um, <laughs> but when when I'm stressed, we take on negative traits of a six, and in growth, we take on positive traits of a three. Like we said, um, nines are accepting, trusting, and stable. They are usually creative, optimistic, and supportive, but can also be too willing to go along with others to keep the peace. Aka myself. Um, They want everything to go smoothly and be without conflict, but they can also tend to be complacent, simplifying problems and minimizing anything upsetting. They typically have problems with inertia and stubbornness. I feel (laughs) called out. I am so (laughs) called out. (laughs) 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 Um, But at their best. But at their best. um, They're indomitable and all-embracing, and they are able to bring people together and heal conflicts, which is important. You always need yeah. somebody like that in your life. Um, but yeah. Very. I don't, you're like one of the, I think the only like nine that I, that I know. I don't know that many nines, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's one of the harder types to like just identify like, oh, like they're t- like, I, I can't just look at somebody and think that they're a nine mm-hmm. uh, normally just because. I don't know, like, you guys also are, like, masterminds of, like, shifting into, like, who you need to be. Oh, God. <laughs> the face that you're I mean, like, think about it. Like, I am myself, but I yeah. can tone down myself depending on whom I'm around. Like, yeah. I will forever act like myself. Like, I don't change myself, but I, like, might tone it up or tone it down just depending on the company. Um, and I'm really good about reading the room and kind of figuring out like what kind of level of Hannah should I bring out? Is bad mm-hmm. Hannah coming out? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I, you can hold space kind of in a way. Yeah. And I think that's why I had so many friends and so many different friend groups in high school. Like I literally was friends with like almost every single person in the senior class. And then on top mm-hmm. of that, I was like, the choir kids, the theater kids, the popular kids, the nerd kids, the softball gals, the track people. Like I was in so many groups, but I was able to hold space for all of those relationships. Um, Whereas with me as an eight, I had a lot of friend groups, like different like little groups. I never had like one core group, but I was also often alone because eights also are super independent people. Um, mm-hmm. See, I would, I wasn't. I well. No, I was pretty much always like either with like my softball team or like a club or, or my, like I had a like friend group, but then I had like friends and everywhere else. Yeah. I was very, I mean, I've always been fine being alone, but I always put that, I always chalked that up to me being an only child though. That was a Mm -hmm. thing. Never like, oh, my Instagram type. Yeah. Whereas like I wasn't, I mean, I was the oldest of three kids. Um, I was always in some kind of like extracurricular activity, um, or hanging out with friends, or staying after school for choir. Like, I was always surrounded by people. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Like, I think that's part... I don't, I don't know if this is part of the Enneagram, but I feel like that molded me into who I am. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like because I was around so many people, I kind of had to learn how to, you know, be able to be okay with whatever, you know, someone I wanted to do or, like, 
wherever we were going mm-hmm. for this or. Um, okay. Well, what, th- that's a good question mm-hmm. that I want to ask you about then. Were you ever really vocal about like what you wanted to do and making those decisions or did you just kind of go with the flow with what, well, whatever the, who, yeah. whoever the leader was? Yeah. Like, in I feel like I totally went with the flow. Like, Mm-hmm. Um, well, that, I mean, that's what I feel like. But then I took on leadership. I took on so many leadership positions. Yeah. Um, but I still feel like I struggle with being like in like in charge, like taking the lead um, in certain areas of my life. In others, like in my in my job, I would say no. Like I feel very confident in being able to take the lead. And um, like if I need to call a pediatrician, I'll just call them. Um, if I need mm-hmm. a referral, I'll just do it myself. Um, but in other scenarios, like I guess in more social settings, I don't really give my opinion as much cause I would rather it just be easygoing than for there to be any kind of animosity. <laughs> but do you feel like you miss out on anything because you're not voicing your opinion? Like if you like, you, if you didn't want to go to a certain like thing, but, like, all your friends were going, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a good example kind of thing. Um, well, like, my example would be when Blaine asked me what I want for dinner. And, like, I know I want me Pueblo. But we just had me Pueblo mm-hmm. last week. So, like, why mm-hmm. why would I want Mexican again? So, I'm like, well, what do you want? Can you give me three options? And then I'll choose from there. Mm-hmm. So, it's like mm-hmm. I always want to make sure that it's, like, what he wants okay. to but for example, say that he doesn't list anything that you that sounds appetizing to you. He's like the worst, the your least like vegan. Uh, I don't. I'm trying to think of stuff that you don't like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, depending um, oysters, vegan food, or um, some new Thai restaurant. I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, depending three three things that you don't really like. Depending on the mood, like I would just go with whatever he wants. But if I don't want any of them, I'll be like, uh, can you pick something else? But it's still okay. like, can you pick something else? And then he's like, so you're still not going to like say like, well, like I kind of like really want like main Pablo. Mm-hmm. And okay. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, but I do that with you. I do that with you too. Yeah. I do that with you no, too. Yeah. But it's still like the one aspect of your personality that I personally can't understand. Yeah. Because I am, I am, I do know that I'm very opinionated. Right. And so when I'm – because my mom is the same way as well. I don't think – my mom's not a nine. But I I think it's too when I'm around opinionated people, I feel Mm. as though if I – not just you, like my parents, my boyfriend, my sister, like if and when I have, it doesn't go my way. And then I'm like, okay, well, then what? Like what's the point, you know? So I'm like, oh, well, they're already going to tell me what they want. And I'm going to tell mm-hmm. them what I want. And I know it's going to be different. So, of course, Well, default, that makes me feel No, bad. no, it shouldn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not you. It's just this own, my own issue with, with it. But it's like I already know that they are going to say they want so-and-so. It's just easier to default to that than, like, trying mm-hmm. to de- then decide between the two opposite things that are presented, if that makes any sense at all. But, mm-hmm. yeah. So I just – I would rather just go with the flow. And then if I want me Pueblo, I'll just get it by myself. <laughs> It's just so interesting because it's like, it's not, it's one, the one, I think part of you being an Enneagram nine that is so different than an eight. And so when I read things, it's like, they're a great partner duo. I'm like, how? Because, <laughs> but I get, yeah, because you call the shots and I go with them. Like that's, <laughs> but I, that's, that I is think, what it is. I think th- 
with me though, because of the conditions where, even though I am an Enneagram 8, the conditions of where I've been brought up in, I've always been told that I am bossy. So that is always like the last thing that I am trying to come across of. Like I am very aware of like when we do like interviews, I think like I am always very self-conscious that I'm aware that I'm the one that's doing a lot of the talking. Mm -hmm. And I'm always afraid of like the audience being like, oh my God, like Emily needs to shut the fuck up and let Hannah speak for a second. But I know like you're also like, no, like you go right ahead. And I'm just like. Well, and like sometimes like depending on the topic, like I don't maybe don't have as not that I'm not interested in it but I might not resonate it with it as much so it's harder for me to feel like it it flows well for me to just like insert a random question when you're the one already having the like you're do, having the back and forth banter about something and mm-hmm. then you can just naturally move right into what we were going like it just doesn't make sense for me to be like mm-hmm. and so Susan um what are you you know what you have <laughs> for breakfast I, I would like to address that I would adore it if you did though I wouldn't I would think it would be, I personally think it would be fine if you did do that because I, while I do like a more leadership thing, I also am not like, I I know that this is a partnership kind of thing. I want it to feel like there is an equality aspect to it. And because it's something that, I mean, like, I guess the reason I, I think that is because I think if the roles were opposite and I was the one and I felt like you were doing a lot more talking, I'd be like, okay, well, can I at least get like 50% of like the words? Yeah, you, kind of you would, you would, you would. <laughs> and so I constantly, I think I fear and worry that others are thinking that too and that I'm being over dominating or over like mm-hmm. controlling the, of the conversation. No, so when it's genuinely like, it's just like, I literally don't have anything to comment on this, that that question or that topic. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I would rather the listeners be able to hear someone who's going through that right now versus me who maybe can't comment on it. Or, or if I do comment, it's like from like five years ago and like, I was like a child. Um, mm-hmm. so that, that's kind of why I hold back sometimes, but like w- with our episode that is coming up next week, like I, not to like any spoilers, but I was super into it and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I need to know all of the things about this. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I like resonate, I'm resonating with right now. So it's easier Mm -hmm. for me to just like insert myself and it feel natural. I never want it to come across like we're just like reading from a screen, which we do, you know, we do have our questions because we want to be prepared for our guests, but I don't want it to feel so scripted, I guess. Like I would rather it just naturally flow. And then I make comments as I feel inclined. And most of the time our guests have so much good things to say that I'm like, I don't have anything else to add like what you just said was fabulous and like Mm -hmm. they hear us every other week like they don't need to hear me banter on about something they've already heard I guess so I just like I like to hear what they have to say so I think that's why I am more quiet during interviews it's nothing it's nothing towards like you feeling like I don't want you to feel like you are because we've had this conversation like privately but like Mm -hmm. if it's if it works just go with it um yeah 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 how do how is I guess when we finish interviews and, like, we finish episodes like that where we're, like, interviewing somebody, like, really cool, like, I think back to, I mean, I think back to the episode with Gina when we were having so mm-hmm. many complications, like, with the internet connection, or, I mean, even when we did, like, John Berger's interview, like, something that was, like, really more high profile and, like, a lot more, like, stakes, I feel like, for us, um, because the guest was just so much larger. Yeah. At, and... 
when interviews like that, like when something goes wrong, like, I guess, how do you leave those interviews feeling? Like, what is your thought? Because what I'm more preoccupied with is, oh, did that guest think that we were good interviews, interviewers? Did they enjoy being on the show? Uh, did we come across as like a united front kind of team or whatever? Or did it seem like this was just like the Emily talk show? (laughs) Oh, like, that's I see, what I I'm see. that's what I'm concerned about whenever we get done because I, I don't want people to like think a certain way like I'm so I'm like you are too I think I'm also concerned with the perception of things and I don't know if that's coming from me acting like a six or like a two or whatever mm-hmm. that kind of thing or I think I mean I think the eights really care about you know what people think about them. I mean, they're in leadership positions. They don't want to be vulnerable about that and admit that because that's a fear of theirs. They'd rather just come off as a strong front and everything. But I'm curious as to what you are processing and thinking because I think it's a cute, the the cutest thing ever. Every time we interview, you're like, that was so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) I have, to be completely honest, I have never once thought what you think after an interview. Never once. I'm like, wow, they, like, that was so fun. We vibed so well. I'm so glad we got along and that we were able to, like, actually spin off our questions. Never once. Your mind sounds so peaceful. Literally never (laughs) once have I been like, oh, my gosh, wow, I wonder if they thought, like, that internet, like, oh, my gosh, they probably think we're so unprepared. Like, I've never once left an interview feeling like questioning whether or not I thought they had a good time because I felt like mm-hmm. I saw that in them. Um, mm-hmm. There was maybe like one or two that I was like, I feel like maybe we could have like prepared differently or mm-hmm. maybe had like different questions or something mm-hmm. to kind of have more of a natural conversation. But that was like right when we first started out with interviews. And I think we were still learning how to be able to pull our audiences in with our own you know, make them feel like it's still like a personal conversation mm-hmm. while incorporating the guest and what, what like they're talking party. about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I mean, I don't think that, I mean, I think everybody goes through that, especially when they make, when they make such a big change. I mean, our podcast was just me and you for so long and then yeah. we had to start, well, we didn't have to start. We wanted to start. We chose, yeah. Interviewing people because I love listening to interviews and I think it's just really interesting to like have a different perspective every now and then. And yeah, so, because there's only so many stories right. that we can tell. But that's really interesting that you, you know, that your mind goes to that place and my mind goes to, wow, that was so fun. They loved us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, trust me, whenever you say that after an interview, it does. I take a huge like relief off of my shoulders. I'm like, Okay, so like it did go well. Okay, <laughs> yeah. A lot of times, like I, a lot the of reassurance. times. Well, and a lot of times you will hang up. We'll hang up from interview. And be like, did any of that make any sense? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> like it, it flowed naturally. Um, so I think it's just, and I think we're both talkers. So I think it's hard, and I think that's why I back off some because I'm like. Emily has so many good things to say and is and is literally living half of like our podcast interview topics. And so I'm like, Unfortunately. We, I'm like, we need to hear from you. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm okay mm-hmm. with like being, being quiet sometimes. Like I have no problem with that. Um, especially if I don't have anything to add to the conversation. And I think that's a big thing for me. And I think that's just from 
how I grew up in a five-person household and how Mm -hmm. I have always been. um, Like, I mean, I work with all females. There is no male energy. We all are talkative. So if I don't have something to add to the conversation, I... It is one of my biggest pet peeves when someone like could have said ditto, but but doesn't and says exactly what the person just said in a different way. So I think mm-hmm. for me, I've like, I've literally, I literally get so annoyed when people do that, that I'm like, I'm not going to be that person. So if I don't have anything new to add, then I tend to not say anything. Mm-hmm. And that's just my that personality. And that that's how I was in school. And that's how I am um, at work. And I just don't like I personally think it wastes my time to like repeat what was already said and half of the time what you've said is what I would have said or like some sort of version of it so yeah that makes sense so I don't ever think that you're like dominating I just think uh, you've already said it and I don't have anything else to add that is going to bring anything new to the podcast (laughs) and I, I think the reason that I like I I worry about it is because I know that it is a co-leadership position. Yeah. Like that yeah. is that it's not just me. And so like I said, like if 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 it the if the shoes and the roles were reversed, I would hate to feel like, you know, somebody thought that I guess I just worry that other people think well, like, you know, well, like she just feels like she's just the one in charge kind of thing when it's like a team kind of thing. Gotcha. And I think that's also because I know that I can easily step into that role mm-hmm. and just be the leader. I mean, like when I'm like on set, I, I mean, as a director, so many people told me like not only was it the best set they've ever worked on, but too that they felt confident in me as a leader. And that's what I want people to think when they see me working is that, oh, she is a great leader. She knows how to lead. People feel confident having her as the voice and the face of whatever they're working on and feel comfortable coming to me with their, you know, just, I just and as a leader. Like, they just feel comfortable with me, like, taking the reins and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And so I never have a problem doing that. I mean, trust me, you've seen me in an airport. <laughs> this is true. But... I'm also like trying to self be like be self aware and self check and make sure that I'm giving equal amount of time and space to you. Where if you want to, you know, because I know that like like you just said, like you're not going to add a comment unless like you feel like you feel compelled to. So I always want to make sure that there's enough airtime yeah. and enough space and room. So it's like if Hannah does want to say something, you know she can and everything mm-hmm. like that like mm-hmm. it make it feel like even so that's usually sometimes when after i make it like a statement or something or like a guest like replies with something i will like wait a couple seconds to see if you're gonna jump in first mm-hmm. because i i would I, I, I love it when you do so yeah 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 no definitely. so i'm always like okay like before okay, so I just, what like, i'm say hearing anything. is that my challenge for the next interview is to like take more initiative I, I love it. And I, I'm not like, but like if, it's only if you feel comfortable I know, with sometimes it. Sometimes I get real, like, like the girl who's been singing on a stage her whole life and like publicly <laughs> speaks to like pediatricians and parents and like medical personnel gets nervous <laughs> um, on the podcast asking people questions. Um, I don't know what it is about like interviews. I have never been a good interviewer. Whereas, like, I worked mm-hmm. at a student newspaper and interviewed yes. people all the time. Yes. Honestly, yeah. like, I know we're not on camera, but, like, being on camera makes me incredibly nervous. So, like, whether that's, like, video, photography, talking, um, like, I could not ever be, like, a broadcaster. 
Like I probably had you couldn't do what I do I, basically. Yeah, like no, I probably couldn't even like report on the weather. Like I probably could not even like one. I would like not be able to find it on the map. I would be like the rain is here in the in the um in the everywhere. There's a ninety percent chance <laughs> it's, it's already, already raining. raining. Yeah, yeah. So like that makes me nervous, and I think part of <laughs> just picturing you as a meteorologist. Yeah, like I'd be terrible. I have a great voice. Like I have a great speaking voice. You do. And that's the thing. So many people, yeah. when they say that they listen to the podcast, they're always complimentary to your voice. Because I'm like, they're like, I love y'all's voices. I'm like, I know you're exclusively talking about Hannah's because I hate my voice. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, I always say, I'm like, you'd be a great yoga instructor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. So I'm like. You could definitely do the Calm app oh, and like do those voiceovers. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I think part of it is, like I said, I don't want to add a comment if it's not if it doesn't feel right or if it's already been said. And then the other part is that I'm like low key nervous, but I don't want anyone to know that. So, but you want your like, thoughts to have meaning, yeah. I think in a way. Well, when and you I, say that like yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. I, I like and need you, it to be beneficial. Like I need it to mean something to the audience, I guess. And in a way, I think that's smart too, at the same way, because it's not, because you know me, I just will sit there and ramble. And I, I mean, I get on the phone with people and I will sit there and be like telling them a story. And at the end of it, I'm like, I now I'm just rambling. I go into interviews for, a, I can do an interview for this podcast easily, but I go into an interview for a job and they ask me like, you know, tell me about yourself. And I start rambling mm. and I, in my head, I'm internally like, Emily, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like just shut up. Whereas I feel like I'm really good at interviews. Like I, like, like I said, I guess I only say what I feel like is needed to be said. Like I don't, do a lot of fluff and I don't do a lot of extra because I'm like if they want to get to know me then they will once they hire me okay so what I'm hearing is we need to teach other (laughs) so like you need to teach me things and I need to teach you things but I think so that was one thing that I saw like when I was doing all the research like on how eights and nines work together and one thing I found on this website called crystal nose I did we did a lot of the research on the Enneagram Institute because it's like Probably the most, the best. I mean, it's the people one? who invented the Enneagram. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna give them the props and the credit. Um. But I will say it's also very dense language so it's read, probably like not I've probably accessible. read it like five times and I still feel like I have to read it again to know about my own Enneagram yeah so the Crystal Nose website kind of breaks it down just a little bit more into bite-sized chunks and it's um, like bullet it doesn't points go, yeah it doesn't go so into depth as the Enneagram because that's the thing the Enneagram Institute goes very it's like into paragraph depth. on paragraph on paragraph yeah. so so the one thing that I found was that aides tend to be assertive confident and outgoing they bring fair, logical decision-making to a work environment. Eights can help nines feel more confident in expressing their own opinions. And do you feel like I do that for you? Yes. And my boyfriend does okay. that when he is in a good space, which is when he's in growth, which is when he's an eight. It mm-hmm. all makes sense. Because y'all both, I feel like we both are have like, tried to. No, tell us, tell, like, tell me your opinion. Like, what do you want? And I'm like, oh. Yeah. This like, is so stressful. There's so many times I've asked you, I'm like, which do you like more? And you're like, I like both. I'm like, I didn't ask you if you liked both. I'm getting, I need be- you to I'm pick getting one. better. Like my friend yeah. is the same way. She always sends me two photos and she's like, which one should I post on Instagram? I'm like, they're both beautiful. This last time I said this one. 
And I was so I would, proud I would of scream. myself. I would scream if you did that. Because that's the thing. Like, I'll send you. I'm like, which selfie do you like more? And you're like, both. I'm like, she's like, they both look great. I'm like, I know that. That's why I, I've sent them I both realize, to you. Um, they're both <laughs> going to be posted. But which one is first? That's the question. <laughs> that is the question. So um, I'm going to start, like, trying to, like, trickle in my opinions and asserting know them. that when i ask i and this is the thing too know when i when i ask you your opinion i genuinely want it i'm not just asking you to be like oh like what do you want like politeness like mm-hmm. i genuinely want it because i can confidently make the decision without it but i i want yeah, it i want like, it it's important i might to not me. agree with it i might not choose that photo but yeah. like i want to know what you think because it will go exactly. into my you know, decision-making decision making. process. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Girls at work will ask me something. And I'm like, I'm the wrong person to ask. I can't make a decision to save my life. And they're like, okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah. And so, so it's like, even if you said that, like, like, I honestly, I can't decide. That is better to me than they both are great. <laughs> just yeah, because you're I like, cannot, that literally I, gives me nothing to work with. It, it, like, it just would just be like, I cannot make this decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would know to then go ask somebody else. Right, right. Um, okay, good to and, know. I'll yeah. start using that line when I can't decide. But I just will try to start deciding. Yeah. And, like, it, if you genuinely just don't – like, if you're picking a restaurant, because I know there's sometimes, like, you just genuinely do not care. Um, you're just like, I just – you're I'm too tired to make this decision, make this decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But like last night, I was like, I don't really want this place. And then you listed one. And I was like, I mean, I can eat it. And then I think you got the hint that yeah. I really didn't want Olive Garden, but I would like, it would be okay to eat Olive yeah, Garden. Neither one of us wanted it. I don't think we really wanted it. I think we just didn't know what we wanted. Like we We're, wanted It was like, something. it's convenient. Yeah. yeah. That's and then the we thing. went with We're the like better it's... option. So. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. And then it also says that nines are usually more laid back, patient, and idealistic. They offer mindfulness and meditation skills to a workplace. Nines can help eights understand different perspectives, which you do do that. When I ask you about, like, you know, dating advice, you will give me, I think, you, I think you kind of, you can cater to what I want to hear sometimes. Yes. But you also, there's times where you're just like, I hate him. Like, <laughs> and I'm just or like. Or I'm just like, no, let's not do that. <laughs> Yeah. Here's why. Yeah. Here's here's um, X, Y, and Z of why you should not. Yeah. And definitely. then this website also says like how eights and nines communicate effectively with each other. Enneagram eights are driven by a desire to be in control of their own lives, while nines are motivated by a need for peace. Eights should be patient and sensitive when communicating with nines. Nines should be transparent and straightforward when addressing eights. Which I and feel like we're both getting better. Yes. Because we've had our own little tiffs, which are dumb. <laughs> Each one has been kind of dumb. Um, but I think it's because of the way we were talking to each other. Like, I was either, like, way too unclear. You were, like, a little bit more, like, straightforward, where I feel like it needed mm-hmm. to be the opposite. Um, and mm-hmm. I feel like now that we have that open line of communication, like, when I am stressed, I turn into a bitch, and I cannot help it. And I... Mm-hmm. And I'm very well aware of that and I get passive aggressive and I, I see that in myself, but I am more self-aware of it now and I still am doing it and I hate that about myself. But I mean, I feel like everybody has that, you know, Mm -hmm. thing that they go to and they don't love it. So, Mm -hmm. do do you act when you're stressed? Because this is something I was thinking about today when I was thinking about this episode, because I'm very aware that you do. I mean, I do it too. I, I think as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, mm, 
I will say I get more quiet. You get whenever. quiet or like snappy. Yeah. And you've said it because uh, when we, I remember this, when we were in Wilmington, we were doing something, something happened and you got like snappy with me and I was like, okay, I know that she just like needs a minute. And I think I just backed off. I can't remember what, what like the situation was. I don't remember what um, it was. But I think we were like trying to take a photo. We were doing something that we really were just like over. And I was like, I, I know like when, when you get that way, I know you just need a minute and it's fine. But yeah. And it's me. It's that five that's coming out where it's just like, um, or you're literally like, I just need a minute or I just need you. You always say this one line and I cannot think of what it is. But I think for me, it gets to, it gets to the point where I can feel myself getting overwhelmed and I, it's like the bees in my head, which is like the, just all the noise that's going on. It's, I, it's a lot of people calling it the bees. Um, are you just getting so much louder that I can't hear anything else except that? So it's like just this frustration, just building up, building up, building up. And it's just like, okay, like it's either I'm going to get super, super quiet and let that noise just take over for a moment. Or if like one person says something to me, like it's, it doesn't matter who it is. It's going to come out in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And, but I think you're better at communicating it. Like you're like today yeah. you were, you were stressed that we were, you know, we got on to record and things weren't going our like going the right way or whatever. And you're like, mm-hmm. I just need a minute of quiet. And I was like, okay. Perfect. Yeah, and it's, and but it's, it's like that, I don't. It's but it's like, like if I if you don't tell me, I don't know. You know, I'll keep talking. Yeah. I'll keep talking because I'm trying to find a solution to the conflict. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like with my thoughts, they're so disorganized, mm-hmm. and it's like I I literally have to sit here and like doodle lines on a paper in order to just start thinking properly. It's like I need to do something with my hands really quickly in order to just get my thoughts in line, or else I will not be able to like sit there. Yeah, and um, be able to organize it. And I think a lot of people in my life have been able to identify when that happens. And it's not, that's not even related to the Enneagram. That's purely my ADHD, uh, going on. And with some people, and I'm curious how it is in your life, whenever I get into that stress state like that, or whenever when someone reacts to me, like, okay, it's like when you sometimes are reactive to me like that, I don't try to combat you. Yeah. In a way, straight back. Like on my birthday, when you snapped at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just like. The t- only took reason a step I back. snapped at you was because you told me the same thing twice, like super quickly. Like, behind, and I was already, like, mm-hmm. I was already working on it and I was stressed myself. Mm-hmm. And you were like, you had said, can you disconnect from the. It was like something stupid. Like, can you just like, yeah. disconnect your and Bluetooth? The, and I think the reason I said it twice is because you. I was in the, and it's, yeah, I do this with, I I do this with anybody. Yeah, I, you didn't, I didn't hear your acknowledgement that you heard me, so I thought you didn't hear yes. me. And then after, like I, you were in the after I snapped, I realized that that was probably why you came back and said it, you said it again. And mm-hmm. I was just annoyed in general because I was mm-hmm. like, the dogs are freaking out. Like, I have to take them to pee. Like, I, I'm not ready. Everyone's here. Like, I can't help mm-hmm. with this. And I think I was just like, there were so many yeah, things I mean, like, that it we just were snowballed. Both- you know? We were both feeling the same way at that moment, and for me, it was, oh, I need to take a. I'm taking control of the situation now, mm-hmm. and I'm going to um, just. She's stressed. I'm going to take control of it now, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And that was my way of trying not only to help you, but also to help like the situation mm-hmm. at large yeah. in a way. Yeah. And so just, I think it's the t- the time of the party got there faster than we were ready for the time of the party. It, yeah, the time that either one of us <laughs> expected. Like, what the heck? Honestly. Honestly, yes. So, it was just like, okay, here so we are, I'm here we sorry, go. Action. I'm sorry, I snapped at you. No, it's but, fine. But I'm curious yeah. as if my because if my mom was to react to me that way, I would react I would bring the same energy back to her. And I wonder if it's because of how I react when you are in a place of stress. Like if you tell me you need something, like if you need quiet or you kind of shut down and I can kind of tell that you're like stressed mm-hmm. out, I kind of will back off. And so I wonder mm-hmm. if it's because because of how I respond, that's why you respond in the way that you do. Why why is it different? You know, why is it different with yeah. us versus Because your like mom? if my mom, if my mom lashed out at me like got like like super like sharp and everything like that like my first response would be like do not put do not take that energy and put it on me Mm -hmm. like do not like do not put that energy on me i'm just literally just trying to get clarification from you like if my mom said that if she she got snappy with me i would have immediately just said that i've been like like okay i was literally just asking do not put that stress on me okay like yeah go do something with that but i also think i didn't do that because i knew that would not have helped that that would have just that would only made you it would have escalated it yeah. Cause then I would have, and I think that's the part of the nine that we were talking about earlier where like they let their, they let, when they go into a place of stress, they let emotions and thoughts that have piled up like snowball mm-hmm. out. And I know I do that. Um, mm-hmm. so that's do you probably think it's, why. Okay. 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 With that, we're going to like therapy mode. I was like, are you, <laughs> I feel like this is my therapy session. With that, since you said it's snowballed and everything, is it pent up emotions that you've had that are like just finally coming out or is it just like a trickle down kind of thing like it's I don't just like no like i don't know if it's moments like yeah i don't know if it's like things that i've just suppressed because i didn't want there to be conflict and maybe they're mm-hmm. just like oh, oh, oh. like you know coming back to the surface or what mm-hmm. i don't know i will be more like self aware the next time that happens hopefully not like anytime soon yeah. um but yeah, when but I when I'm stressed, know, like, I'm not my at my greatest. That's for yeah, sure. Because I know with me that if I'm stressed about something else, and then like if you were to ask me like a dumbass question, like or something, I would take it out on you because and it's not anything you did. It's another event that caused mm. that that caused, and then you were just the next person. You were that just said something the next to in me. line. Yeah, yeah. And then I would obviously go back later and be like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Or like yeah. Immediately after, like. I'm sorry. Did not mean to take that on you. That yeah. is not your fault. Right. Um, you were just there mm-hmm. um, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I have definitely become very aware of um, for sure. Uh, like for me, you know, I, I think whenever you've got, you've cried, I'm fine. Yeah. When you cry, mm-hmm. I don't, you don't cry a lot around me. Mm-mm. But when you do, it's usually moments where I'm already taking space for you and holding space for you in a way yeah it's like we've already started the conversation and then it just happens it's naturally progressing and everything like that it's when people in my life cry out of the blue and i'm like why are you crying they're like i'm just emotional i'm like i can't deal Deal with with this this. right now i was not prepared mentally for this yes and i don't i think that's a thing of eights like 
in order to hold room for people's emotions, because I mean, I think you are an emotional person. You are, you wear your emotions on your sleeve. You are very in touch with them. I think that's what also makes you a great like speech therapist mm-hmm. in a way. And what Dable makes you work with kids because you can just quickly empathize. I mean, I say sad things and you immediately start crying. I know. I watch <laughs> sad TikToks and I immediately start like, it's just ridiculous. I told you a story one time and I was on the verge of tears and you started crying before I even did. <laughs> it's like, I'll just cry for you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but it's because I'm not prepared, I think, to accept my own emotions. I think eights, we view sometimes emotions as a weakness, even though they're not. And you, I think as an eight, since you're a peacemaker, you're able to wear your emotions on your sleeve and kind of hold this dialogue and like space for people well, I, in order yeah, to feel like they're safe. Say, I feel like I hold a lot of space for everyone else's emotions. And I feel like maybe that's why I don't hold a lot of space for my own like when I'm, I don't know. Like, does that make sense? I, I still think you're good. I still think you're good at expressing your emotions. Yeah, but I, I mean, don't think we don't ha- we don't have those deep conversations. I feel like unless you're prepared to go into those kind of yeah. things, like yeah, I feel um, like I ho- they're not randomly they're not randomly yeah. you know thrown out like over the dinner table kind of thing. Yeah, and I feel like I take like I worry about other people's emotions more than my own. Like I'm very self aware of them, but like mm-hmm. I would rather talk about what's going on in your life than in mine unless I'm ready and and then I'm very Mm -hmm. ready and then I'll cry is it because is it a distraction method I mean possibly for you or just suppressing it because you don't want conflict Mm -hmm. I mean I know with me like eights become like twos when they're in growth so it's the positive things of people pleasing and everything like that and I think in that retrospect I don't necessarily like people please like in a negative connotation I think it's more of I want to help others and if they need advice or they need a place to vent I want to also be that for you and I know people who are not usually good at that when they do come to me for that I especially try to give attention to it and you know I don't know why people come to me for advice. Honestly, I don't know why I have y'all listen to this podcast sometimes. Because you um, have opinions and you voice them. But I also have been a very aware. And whenever people have came to me lately for advice, I always them. ask them. I'm like, do you want to vent or do you want my advice? Because if you just want to vent, I'm not going to say anything. If you want my advice, I'm going to tell you straight. <laughs> well, and I personally, I don't like it when I go to somebody just to like vent to them and they start giving me advice. It's like, I didn't ask for your advice. I don't care what you think, what I should do in the situation because what you're probably going to tell me is not what I want to hear. It's not also what I'm going to do. So right. I, it just, I just need to tell you what I'm thinking. And if you, if I want your advice, I will let you know mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's not that like I'm being stubborn or anything. It's just that I'm not in a place where I am accessible to mm-hmm. hear that. Yeah. You're not ready moment. to hear what you already know yeah. is going to be said. Yes. So I already know you're right. You already know. I just don't want to hear know it. what they're going to say. You already know either the they're, advice. Either they're completely wrong and they sound dumb and they should just stop. <laughs> or I really can't. I, I don't just, I'm not ready to accept it and hear it, I guess. Yeah. In a way. And I think that we've found a balance, I say, in that. Yeah. I would not say way. that it just like happened though. Like I feel like as we've grown, our expectations and our friendship has grown and we have learned how to communicate effectively. And I especially think it's because of this podcast, because we have had to like coordinate and work and be professional together and like all of the things. So where do you think our friendship would have landed if we had not done this podcast? 
I mean, I still think we would have been friends, but I mean, we definitely didn't talk as much or see as much of each other when we were both in college in separate places. Like, I feel like if you... We were also in separate cities. I was going to say, I feel like if if we had not done this podcast and you had moved to LA, I don't think that we would have talked as much as we are going to now. I mean, I still think we would like text and stuff because I feel like we've always had a texting relationship and like communicated that way. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we would make the like I wouldn't like make the effort to like want to come to LA all the time well then do you know what I mean mean, though like I mean I came to Wilmington a ton but not like anything crazy like I could have Mm -hmm. come to Wilmington more you could have come to Boone more but like it wasn't our priority there's nothing to do in Boone hush don't speak don't speak ever again Absolutely nothing Stop. to do in Boone. Okay. Stop. I don't, I don't ever. That's why I never came to Boone. I don't ever want to hear you say anything like that ever again. That is dirty. Those are dirty what words. What was I going to do? A hike? Yes. What was I going to do? A hike? Okay. No. No. Take your pure bar ass home. You're coming on a hike. No. I don't ever want to hear that again. You're going to go see me in LA hiking the Hollywood I'm gonna be Hills like, like I'm going to be like, oh. Oh, a hike. Oh, a hike? Um, I thought we didn't do those. Um, yeah. So I, I just don't think that the like commitment to our friendship would have been as good. I don't know. Like I feel like we're very committed to our friendship and make and like making time for each other and making it work and being emotionally mm-hmm. available and all kinds of things. I mean, we know that this podcast definitely helped me with my vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I mean I I think it's the aspect of we just don't pretend that no one's here listening we don't i like half the time i forget that we're like literally putting this out on like spotify and apple Podcasts, and other people that i don't know are listening to it like Mm -hmm. at your birthday party when everyone was like oh my god i feel like i already know you i was like i feel like yeah half my friends know know you guys i and it was literally my first time meeting them and i was like yeah I feel like I know you because I've heard your names, but like, I don't know you. And they're yeah, like, well, we know well, you. <laughs> they know you because yeah. they listen to this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So like the potential trouble spots, like I think for our relationships, including like on the website mm-hmm. were that their defenses go up in opposite directions. Eight tend to push harder when nines tend to increasingly shut down. Nines can be unresponsive or worse, energetically pushing away the eights at a defense. Eights become more aggressive and belligerent, demanding that their energy be met. Nines respond by not responding. They go on an emotional strike and may begin to react passive-aggressively, so, sabotaging the eights' activities in various ways. This causes eights to escalate, berating and threatening the nine, or else encouraging eights to react passive-aggressively. I feel like half of that is pretty true, you know? Yeah. The, like, I feel like... When if you, you start acting passive aggressive, it will cause me to act passive aggressive. Yeah, passive or when aggressive. you start to push harder, I kind of like back off and I'm like, okay, let me push you away energetically really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that for sure. But it's when Gosh, we're why are you able gonna go to threatening me though. Like, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm just trying to get you to pick between apples and oranges. Okay, and just like just literally pick. The one. answer is always <laughs> apples. I am not a big orange person. <laughs> It's the same. Okay, so we can agree on that. <laughs> we cool. can agree on that. <laughs> but I, one thing I thought was really interesting is that their roles are well-defined with each playing a parental role towards the other. One is usually the dad, while the other is the mom. You definitely are the mother the of mom. this relationship. Mm-hmm. I am definitely the father of this mm-hmm. relationship. There's no if or and buts about yeah. that. Like, we don't have to sit there no. and figure out which one is what. <laughs> but, uh, 
both had powerful drives and strong willpower, both like comfort and, and simplicity, both want to create a safe retreat from the world. When these forces and their talents are harnessed together after the same goals, this pair can be dynamic and powerful, but also comfortable and receptive at the same time. Mm-hmm. Which is why we make a good podcast. Exactly. We really do. So I think it's interesting to see how, because I think on the surface level, you wouldn't think that eights and nines work well together. But right, yeah. They're complementary. Like it's the opposites attract kind of thing mm-hmm. where they're complementary to each other. Yeah. You also work great with ones and twos though as well mm-hmm. too. I have a lot of because, ones and two people in my life. Yeah. And and that's when the wings come in as well too. I mean the fact that you have a one wing is also going to play into that as well too with that perfectionist mm-hmm. and that analytical side of you. Mm-hmm. Mine being the, having the seven mean, you know, trying to have fun and not think about seriousness mm-hmm. sometimes and everything, which you definitely think of. And... I'm over here like, no, let's just do it. And you're less like, but like, think of like what could happen yeah, next. Like here, here's the, here's the uh, itinerary real quick of what could and happen. And I'm like, no, let's just like go for like this like random thing. And you're like, but what? Like with, when we agreed to go and have um, Scout and Maddie be our coaches and our mentors for this podcast, you're thinking the financial aspects of it and, you know, if this is going to be beneficial. I'm like. I had asked the universe for a sign, and they said, yes, do it. She's so like, I saw three it. ladybugs, so they, that says yes. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> three ladybugs and some money, but all right, okay. Where are we getting it? Where are we finding the ladybugs? <laughs> but I think that me having that instinctive drive and push, I think that helped you come to that decision to just, like, fuck it and just do it mm-hmm. kind of thing. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And whereas, I mean, like, you definitely pull me back sometimes and you think, okay, but, like, let's think of, like, the money. Mm-hmm. Like, let's think about, like, the little details really quickly. Like, we could buy four mics. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think that if we didn't have each other, I, I, it would cause – is this a codependency relationship? I have no idea. It probably is at this point. But I think if we didn't have the other, we wouldn't know which is the better decision to make. Does that, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So I guess, like, what is our survival tip, like, for this episode? Because I feel like we've really talked a lot about us, but I hope that our audience knows a little bit more about how we work. And I think it's interesting to also hear how people work together when they're best friends as well. Yeah. So, I feel like that would be it, though. Like, go figure out what your Enneagram is and then go figure out, like, what your best friend is or your mom or your boyfriend or your boss like my boss didn't your boss my boss do that? literally on our like we have like um like a questionnaire like a satisfaction employment um thing and one of her questions is like well she has two like what are your love languages like what are your top two love I didn't languages know she did that and then one. what is your enneagram if you've taken the enneagram and i just think that's really important to know because mm-hmm. it can tell you a lot about people and it can tell you why your relationship is the way it is and it can I feel like it can just like help you better understand things so I feel like that would be the survival tip like go figure out what you are and then like pick somebody and then like go learn about them too and how you and like your relationship like you did with with us like that how nines and eights like what is their relationship yeah and And we did it all on the Enneagram website too as well so like it's accessible to everybody and it's like super it's not super time-consuming, but I feel like you will read it and you'll be like, oh, that's why. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, cool. Love that for me. Yeah. And it's a lot probably more correct than um, any other mm-hmm. kind of personality test is in yeah, a way. for sure. 
Alrighty, gals. Awesome. And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.